This morning, I want to continue that series, uh, Hooked. I want you to do this. I want you to take your Bibles, and I want you to turn with me to Matthew, the 10th chapter. You know, Jesus says something um, pretty powerful in Matthew, chapter 10. He makes this statement. He says, if you acknowledge me before men, if you acknowledge me before people, uh, then I will acknowledge you before my Father. If you're, if you're not willing to acknowledge me before men, uh, then I, I will not acknowledge you uh, before my Father. It, what it tells us, it tells us this, this idea of being a witness is a pretty important thing. In fact, we're not called to witness. Jesus makes this statement uh, in, 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 in the book of Acts. He says this, and you will be, and you will be my witness, and you'll be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Matthew chapter 10. It starts in the first verse, it says this, <clears throat> that he called his 12 disciples to him and he gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Can I tell you, friends, that's the reason why we don't live in anxiety. That's the reason why we don't live in fear. That's the reason why we don't have a disposition of timidity. Because God has given us authority. He's given us authority. Say that word with me, authority. Come on, authority. Say it again authority. Now, now, these gentlemen here in the second row, they can speak a little bit about authority. Okay? They are here this morning, and they have authority. Let me tell you, if one of these men, if they're standing out on Clay Street when you get ready to leave this morning, and they look at you, and they point at you, and they tell you to take your car over there, let me tell you what you should do. Lisa, you should take your car over there. Because they have been commissioned and they've, given, they've been given authority. If they tell you, we, need you we, we actually don't need you to put your car over there, we need you to get out of your car because we need to use your car. You know what you need to do? You need to get out of your car and let them use your car. Okay? Now, if you're sitting in the food court at the mall and he walks up to you and he goes, listen... I want your lunch. <laughs> you can look at him and go, officer, I will buy you lunch if you're hungry, okay? But this is my lunch. He has no authority to take your lunch. Why are you trying to take people's lunches? <laughs> but he does have, listen, each one of these officers, they operate with a scope of authority. And I want you to recognize this morning that God has given you a scope of authority or he's given you a lane of authority that you can operate in. And that's what we see here in Matthew chapter 10. So what is the authority that he's given? Here's what it says. He gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every sickness and, 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 and disease. He also gives them authority. We see this as he commissions them each one of these officers, when they began their service to the community, they participated in a commissioning service where they were commissioned as police officers. And what you see here in Matthew chapter 10, you see Jesus commissioning his disciples. This is the reason why in verse number one, they're called disciples. It says, he called his 12 disciples. What the word disciple means is it means follower. So he calls his 12 followers, those, those key followers, he calls them to him. <clears throat> and then what he does, he gives them authority to drive out 
evil spirits and to heal every sickness and disease. Verse number two says this, these are the names of the 12 apostles. Hmm. In verse number one, they're referred to as disciples. In verse number two, they're referred to as apostles. Why? What's the difference? A disciple is a follower. An apostle is one who is sent out. It's an emissary. It's an ambassador. And here's here's what it's important for us to understand. The natural progression of walking in right relationship with God and living in the center of His plan for us is it starts with us being a follower. And if you're here this morning and you've come and you wouldn't describe yourself as a follower of Jesus, maybe you'd describe yourself as as a seeker, you're going you know what, there might be something about this Jesus thing. I want to check it out. I've got lots of questions. Or maybe even you're here this morning or or you're watching today and you wouldn't even describe yourself as a seeker. You'd just describe yourself as a skeptic. You would go, yeah, I don't know about all this. Like I've seen these guys on TV asking people for money and and, and I've heard about some of the crazy things that churches do and and I know that y'all call yourself as a Pentecostal church so you're one of those churches that charm snakes and and jump, jump from pew to pew and swing from chandeliers. I'll tell you that if you're watching this morning, we don't have any chandeliers on the campus and we no longer have pews to jump over and I'm afraid of snakes. And so, uh, so this is a safe place for you to be. Uh, it might be different, um, but it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not weird, okay? And, and so uh, we can help answer those questions and we can help deal with that skepticism And once somebody sees Jesus for who he really is, comes to understand God for all that he is, it is such a natural thing. It's such an easy thing. I'm telling you, you will fall in love with Jesus and you will go, man, I want to walk with God in all that I do. Because it is is a natural deal. And what, what will happen is this. Because of the difference that God makes in our life, we will find ourselves wanting not feeling obligated to, but we'll find ourselves wanting to go from being simply followers to being ambassadors, to being, to being emissaries, right? We are Christ's ambassadors. And so this is what he's, this is what he's called us to do. And as, as, we, as we think about this series, Hooked, and I will make you fishers of men, he says. Even as we as we as a church, as we believe God for 3,000 people to be impacted this Easter season, we know that what it requires is it requires us to recognize what what Jesus does with the 12 here in Matthew chapter 10. It it wasn't something just for that 12. It's for us today as well. And so how he addresses them and what he says to them, it it really, it's a great, it's a great example for us in, in being obedient and walking in the plan that he has for us. And it, it's not just for God's benefit. Uh, it's not for the church's benefit. Quite honestly, here's what we find. We find this, that God is a rewarder. He loves to reward. That's the reason why it says in Ephesians chapter 2 that you, John, you are his workmanship. Now, you're not saved because of what you do. Ephesians 2 says it, right? In in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, they were saved by grace through faith, not by works. That way we don't boast about it, right? That way it doesn't become an arrogant thing for us. 
But the very next verse says this, Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship. Victor, we're his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. Now, God spoke the word and the world came to order. He spoke and it was, he spoke and it was, he spoke and it was. Right? And we see this from the very beginning of the creation story. We see God doing miracle upon miracle upon miracle. The children of Israel, they walked through the Red Sea as on dry ground. Food came from heaven. Water came from rocks. And yet, God calls us to be active participants in what he's doing. Is it because he needs us? No, God has no need. He is omnipotent, which means all-powerful. Okay? He is omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing, all-seeing. So that he calls us and commissions us to be a part of his kingdom work, he does it for our benefit, for our blessing. But make no mistake, it is his plan. And just as he commissions the 12 in Matthew chapter 10, today, here in Orlando, Florida, he commissions you to, to go and to be the witness that he's called you to be, to be apostles, ambassadors, emissaries, one sent. Unfortunately, historically, the church hasn't done this very well. And that's the reason why it's really good for us to go back to God's Word, even, even more so than tradition and all of that, to go back to God's Word and look at, okay, what is it specifically that God is calling us to do? So, in verse number one, we see the disciples, him calling the disciples and then giving them authority. In verse number two, these are the names of the 12 apostles. So it speaks to this issue of commissioning. And then, and then it lists their names there in, in, in verses, verses two, three, and four. In verse five, he says, these 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter into any of the towns of the Samaritans. It's fascinating. Jesus says, do not go... Uh, do not go to the, 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 the Gentiles. Don't enter into any of the towns of the Samaritans. It would be really easy to see that and go, okay, the disciples were sent. God's heart was simply for Israel. God's heart was simply for the, the, the Jewish communities. God's heart was simply for, for the Jewish nation. But that's not what it's saying here. And we know that because even as we, even as we look down, okay, in the, in, in the, in the, in, even in Matthew chapter 10, it tells us this, okay? In verse number 17, it says, be on your guard against, uh, against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and, and flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as a witness to them and to the Gentiles. So even in the same chapter, he says that you will be a witness to the Gentiles, so God loves everybody, and he wants everybody to come to know the good news of Jesus Christ and all that Jesus Christ is doing for us. But when he first sends his, his disciples out as apostles, he sends them out first to the people that they know. It would be good for us to understand that as well. Here's what God does. He sends us out to the people that we know. 
Gary, he's going to send you out to the people that you work alongside. He's going to send you out to the clientele that you're interacting with. He's going to send you out to the neighbors that you wave to. He sends us out to the people that we're familiar with, and here's the reason why, because that's the low fruit. And God says this, I want to position you to pick the low fruit first. That just makes sense, doesn't it? And so recognize that God has sent you to be salt and light to the people that are immediately around you. You know, it always fascinates me that we'll take people on mission trips halfway around the world, and they'll, they'll be very bold for the, for, for the cause of Christ. They'll, they'll be very bold for the kingdom of God. But when asked to do something in their own community, they tend to be somewhat reticent. I want you to know that you are called, friend, you are called to be a missionary to the greater Orlando area. In fact, that word apostle that you see in, in verse number two, right? That disciple, verse number one, means follower. Apostle means one sent. That word apostle, the Greek word there, it's very similar to the English word. The English word is apostle. The Greek word is apostolos. The Latin, the Latin word for apostle as missio. It's where we get the word missionary from. So God has called you to be an apostolos. He's called you to be a missio. He's called you to be ambassador. He's called you to be a missionary to the greater Orlando area. Yeah. Come on, that's, that, that, that is, that, that's, that's, that's worth some applause. We live in the number seven most unchurched city in America. We live in the number four most de-churched city in America. And I will offer you, that is not God's plan. And in addition to that, Buddy Dyer tells me every time I'm at the, at the Orlando airport riding that tram, that there's 75 million guests that come to Orlando every year. The world is coming to our doors and we have the opportunity to be a witness. But can I tell you where it starts? It starts first with the people that we know. Some of you will go home today and you'll be around, even in your, in, in your own home, you'll be around people who have yet to come to know Jesus in a healthy way. Oh, they, they know about Jesus, right? And they think he's a God of guilt, right? They think he's a God of judgment. They might think he's a fairy tale or a myth. And we have the opportunity to present him in such a way that they can connect with him on a real level. You'll, you'll have neighbors who they'll, they'll wave at you and they think, there's Bob, that crazy religious guy. And you, you have the opportunity to, to, to connect with them in such a way and allow them to interact with you in such a way to where, to where they can see that you're not like seriously weird. You might be nominally weird because everybody's normal until you get to know them. Then you'll find out everybody has a little bit of crazy. Okay, I'm telling you. Again, the officers that are here this morning, they can attest to this. Even the people that are the most normal in certain situations, they're just a little bit crazy. Right? I, I'll tell you this. My family has an extra dose of crazy. Whenever I see cops, I, 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 on the, the cop show on television, I keep, I'll, I'll never be surprised if I see a member of my family on that show. Here's my one prayer. Please just keep your shirt on. Right? <laughs> Just keep your shirt on. In fact, I learned this from watching the cops' television show. You want to know the number way to, to keep yourself from being arrested? Keep your shirt on. You ever notice the percentage of people on that show that when they're arrested, that they don't have a shirt on? If you get nothing else out of this service this morning, those of you that are watching via media, if you get nothing else out of your time connecting with us today, this, keep your shirt on. <laughs> 
we have the opportunity to connect in such a way that people go, you know what, that guy, that gal, she's all right. And there's, there's something, there's something about him, there's something about her that is different, but it's different in a good way, right? So Jesus says this, he says, that I, I don't want to, I do, I do not go among the Gentiles or enter into any of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Here's what I, here's what I so love about the message that God has given us to proclaim. It's a positive message. It's a good message. It's good news. That's what we're told. We're told that we're supposed to go and proclaim the good news. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been, have you ever been maybe in one of the tourist areas of Orlando or, or tourist areas anywhere and there's, and, and there's a person standing on the street corner and they're screaming at you, right? And they're telling you what an awful sinner you are, okay? And that if you don't repent that you're going to burn an everlasting hell, fire, 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 right? We've all been there. That's not the message that God tells us that we're supposed to proclaim. That's not, by, by no stretch of the imagination, here's what he says. He says that we, are, that we are called to proclaim the good news. I don't know about you, I love receiving good news. In fact, we, we, I sent out an email this week on that. I, 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 love, I love to receive good news, Right? Somebody wants to call me and say, hey, uh, by the way, Ed, I just want to let you know I'm sending you a $1,000 check. I'll take that call all the time, right? Oh, that's, that, that, is, that is outstanding. Oh, you know what? Hey, by the way, somebody paid off your house. That's awesome, okay? If Steve Harvey shows up at my house tomorrow with balloons and a big check, okay, I'm going to do a happy dance. I will, open the, I will open the door for you, Steve Harvey, Right? Absolutely, because we love to receive good news. We, we all have those people in our life. We have people in our life that we know that when they come, it's just going to be a party. We also have those people in our life that we know when they come, right? You're, just, you're like, come on, Eeyore. All right, I'm, bring me, come on, Debbie Downer, bring me your message. Okay, let me hear about your latest issue with gout and, you know, I, Right, you gotta hunker down for those, don't you? Come on, come on. What's what's the what's the what's the latest doom and gloom? And we all have those people in our life. And, and it amazes me is that for so many people, that's the perspective of Christians. You know why? It's because we can tend to be a judgmental bunch. We can be a, a negative bunch. We can look at people and go, you know what you are? You're a sinner, 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 sinner. That's what you are, sinner. Liar, oh, you're a liar, 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 pants on fire, right? Hang your clothes on a telephone wire. We, we know that. We've all experienced that. Some of us have been that. Fascinates me. That's not the message that God gives his disciples in Matthew chapter 10. And as he commissions us to go and make disciples, to go and make followers, that's not the message that he gives us. Because let me ask you, just honestly, how many of you would want to follow somebody who says, look, if you don't turn from your bad ways, you're going to burn forever? Oh, man, seriously, I want to be like you. Because it seems to me like you've got the joy of the Lord. 
But this idea, I love when Peter preaches his first message, right? The day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit falls, and the people are going, these people must be drunk. And Peter goes, oh, no, 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 they're not drunk. <laughs> they're not drunk. <laughs> At least they're not drunk on, 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 on wine. They're not drunk on liquor. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. No, man, it's still early in the morning. What you're seeing, the joy that these guys are experiencing, how they're so joy, jo- jovial and just overfilled, Okay, what has happened to them, it's the power and the presence of God that has come upon them. This is what has been promised for so long. Peter's message was so good and so positive that 3,000 people said, sign me up. Sign me up. Sign me up. So let me say this to Orlando. If you're, if you're, if you're my neighbor right? I want you to know this, that I've got great news for you. And what I want to do is I want to invite you to an incredible party. And it's a party that God has planned for you. And it's an, it's an incredible, it's an incredible destiny that he set forward for you. Here's what he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. That's the message that we have. And that's the reason why, even as we go out in the highways and byways and compel them to come in, even as we do that this Easter season, guys, we've got, a, we've got great news to share. We've got great news to share. So I'm not afraid to share that. I'm not afraid to share it. Now, by the way, there will be some people that, reje- that will reject it. There will be some people who would not open their door for Steve Harvey. I think they're, I think they're insane. Um, but that's okay, because if they don't open their door for Steve Harvey, that means that he'll just have to go to the next house, and maybe it'll be mine. Just saying. So God, he, here's what he does. He, he positions us strategically around the people that we know. And then he gives us this positive message. He also, he says, I want you to go in power. I want you to go in power. Read on. It, it, it tells us this. It says that he sent them out with this instructions, do not, do not go among the Gentiles or enter in, into the town of any Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of, of Israel. As you go, preach this message, the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Wait a minute. Now I know, I know that Jesus healed people, but Jesus is saying not just that he will heal people. Jesus says that he's send out and sending out his disciples, now apostles, that, that he's going to let the power of God flow through them so they heal people. So they cast out demons. So they see signs and wonders. In fact, the, the, the Word of God says this in multiple places. It says, signs and wonders will follow those that believe. How's your faith this morning? Do you have the faith to pray for the sick and to see the sick become well? Every week we see people who experience bona fide healing in our church services every week. Every week. Oftentimes, doctor verified. This is no smoke and mirrors. Glenn Clark, a few weeks ago, we prayed over people who were having knee issues. 
Glenn testified the following week, and, and by the way, Glenn is still doing well, that, that he was having serious struggles with his knees, and you know what? He's been getting on that treadmill and running, and he's been pain-free. This is what God does, right? This is what God does. And by the way, it wasn't, it wasn't me as God's chosen representative, as, God, as the pastor of this church that laid hands on him and went, whoa, no. It was one of the members of the church body that laid hands on him and prayed for him, and he was healed. Listen, God's Word says this, if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, that he will energize you. And what God wants you to do is God wants you to walk in power. Have faith and believe for that. Have faith that signs and wonders will follow those that believe. The disciples who become apostles, they did not have an S on their chest. They simply were willing to believe. And so as they're passing a beggar who's begging for money, this is what they say to him. Hey, friend, we don't have any money. Silver, gold, we don't have any of that. But what we do have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the gentleman got up and he walked. God, because God never changes, that same power is available to you today. It's the reason why we don't have to walk in fear and anxiety, but instead what we should do is we should walk in, in confidence, all right? And that, that same confidence in knowing that God gives us the opportunity to walk with the demonstration of power, it also is, it protects us. Oh, there are challenges. When you're a witness, there are challenges. And, and that's what he says, right? And, 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 and here's what he says, starting in verse 17. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils. They'll even flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them uh, and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, don't worry about what to say or how to say it. <laughs> At that time, you'll be given what to say, for it will not be, it, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. He says, listen, yeah, as you're, as you're engaged in being a witness for me, there are going to be some people that are going to respond negatively. But recognize that even in the midst of that, that I'm with you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to guide you. And even when you're asked to open your mouth, I'm going to give you the words to say. It, it is fascinating to me that the number two thing that people are afraid of is death. The number one thing that people are afraid of is public speaking. So more people in this room would rather die than speak publicly. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy to me. <clears throat> Those of you that know me well, you know this to be true. Uh, I am not by nature an extrovert. I'm an introvert. Um, there's a, I've got a ministry friend who, um, who recently traveled to Europe uh, and they, they did, because of somebody he came in contact with on an airplane, um, he's, he's had to be uh, self-quarantined for, for, for 14 days. And, uh, um, and some of the pastors that I was with last week on this, the ministry trip that we did to Puerto Rico, they said, oh, can you imagine being self-quarantined for 14 days? And I said, yeah, I can. Like, that would be awesome, right? I mean, for me, 
the opportunity to be able to, to be home for 14 days, right? To be left alone and to, and to be able to read and study and to be able to write. I, I man, I think, I think I could get, I think I could get seriously into that. I think that'd be all right, right? That's just, just where you know, that's my, it is not a natural thing for me to get up here on Sundays and speak in front of all you people, right? Uh, especially some of you, because some of you are pretty intimidating. Like this, this section over here, because right? you guys don't really, you guys don't applaud very much. And I get very few amens out of, I get lots of amens over here, okay? Not so much over here. Robert, you need to step it up, okay? Just saying. And so I am by nature, I'm an introvert. What, what allows me to do what I do is the love of God compels me. I just, I just, I want people around me to know God for who he really is. I want them to have a relationship with Jesus that, that the way that God designed it and the way that God ordained it. I want people to know the reality of the gospel message. And so it drives me, it drives me to do this. God empowers me for what he's called me to do. And he does the same thing for you. So you don't have to be afraid to witness how do you do it? Well, it starts, it starts by talking to the people that you know. And it's made a lot easier when you know that the message that you have is a positive message. It's good news. Remember this. Please, don't ever forget this. It is not your job to judge the people around you. And for those of you that are not here this morning, but you're watching and you've felt judged at times by the church, maybe you've even felt judged by this church, I want to say on behalf of, of church people everywhere, we're sorry, okay? We didn't do it the right way. And that, that's, that wasn't God's plan for us and certainly isn't God's plan for you. He loves you, he's crazy about you, and he's got a great plan for you. Yeah. And that's the message that he's given you the opportunity to go. And listen, you don't just go with a message, you also go with the power of the Holy Spirit with the ability to pray for people and to see them healed. To pray for people and to see them set free from spiritual bondage. God's, God's given you the supernatural enablement to do that. And yes, there will be some people that will push back, but God has told you this, that he'll protect you in that. That even, even, if it, even if it seems like it's going very negative, that even in that, he's guiding and positioning you Even the story of the Apostle Paul and, and the Apostle Paul's journey. You know, if the Apostle Paul wasn't imprisoned, the church doesn't explode in the first century like it did. You know, Paul was chained 24 hours a day to this guard. This guard is called the Praetorian Guard. And you know who, those guard, who, who served as those guards? They were all the up-and-coming future all-stars in the Roman government. So when Paul was there and he's imprisoned, he's got this guy that's a future governor, and he's talking to him about Jesus. He's got this guy that's a, the future head over, over the, the, the African contingent of the Roman army, and he's talking to him about Jesus. He, he's, he's chained to people who are future senators. 
right, in the Roman council, and he's talking to them about Jesus. The, the, history tells us that even the wives, even the wife of the then emperor becomes a Christ follower. Why? Because Paul is there and he's in chains. And even the negative things, even the negative situations that result over you being honest about who Jesus is in your life and the difference that he makes in your life, God will even use that for kingdom good. He'll protect you and he will consistently reward you. He's called us to be fishers of men. You know when you know when fishing is fun? Fishing is fun when you catch something. It is. Fishing is fun when you catch something. You know when fishing is not so much fun? When when they're just not biting. We live in a time in history. The church has never grown as fast as it's growing this time in history. The only place where the church has not seen the explosive growth is in Western Europe, which is turning, and in North America. And I'm convinced that the fish in North America are hungry. We just either aren't fishing or we're fishing with the wrong bait. And that's the reason why God has brought us to Calvary this morning. That's the reason why I believe that the message that, that, that we have had this morning, that it isn't the result of my study, that it, it, that it is a prophetic word that God has for his church today. God's calling you to the people around you. He's sending you out with a positive message. He's given you all the power that you need to be effective in the message that he's placed within your heart. Even when you face difficulty, he's going to guide you, he's going to protect you, and he's going to use it to advance his kingdom, and he's going to use it to position you for, for, for your greatest reward. And make no mistake, he's a rewarder. That's the reason why today I want to challenge you and encourage you to move from being a disciple to move from simply being a follower to embrace this call to be an apostle, apostolos, missio, a missionary. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.